Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I'm talking with Rory from Donut Digest, and we're talking all about Google My Business. It's a platform that not a lot of people think about, but people who search things see it. So what should you be doing to your Google My Business? Is it even called Google My Business anymore? And how do you update, manage, and control your own Google My Business page? That's what we're talking about on today's podcast. If you need some help from me, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. If you miss anything we talk about in this episode of the show, all the show notes will be over there at smartpizzamarketing.com. If you're looking for some help, you can join our mastermind group. You can also check out some of the courses we have over there. All of that is available for anybody who wants to look. And you can also check out all the previous podcast episodes that we've had in the past. Tons of episodes with great people and experts sharing exactly what's working today to help you build a better business, whatever your business is. If you're a pizza operator or if you're looking to get into the pizza business, it's all available for you over there. All right, I want to say thank you to today's show sponsor, Hunger Rush. Hunger Rush's integrated system of solution gives you everything that you need to do to reduce labor, streamline operations, unify your digital channels, delight customers and employees, and of course, sell more pizza. That's what we're all trying to do. Well, you're trying to do it. I'm trying to help you do that. Pizza is one of the world's most popular foods, and it has a unique set of challenges for operators. Hunger Rush is designed to help you handle all of those. It's been designed from the ground up to handle the growth and implementation of all of these strategies specifically for pizzerias. Grow and optimize your delivery business through integrated in-house curbside fleet management and third-party delivery support. Everything in one place. Access to your customers and operational data, update and broadcast your menus, manage your labor and inventory, everything you need to be more effective and more profitable right at your fingertips. Hunger Rush gives you the ability to grow your digital channels and drive more repeat business with online ordering, ordering via text, through the app, and even more. Check them out, hungerrush.com forward slash SPM for more information. Get started today. You won't regret it, I promise you. If you're looking for consistent quality and superior fresh tomato flavor, check out Stanislaus Food Products. Real Italian values guide this family-owned company. Values like work hard, never cut corners, always do your best, and keep your word. They know consistent flavor and quality is crucial to great food. That's why they work so hard to provide you with the freshest tomato flavor can after can. You can follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes for weekly business building ideas from other successful pizzerias. And I have to say, over the past few months, I've been using Stanislaus products in my pizzas that you see over on Instagram that I'm making at home. And I'm very happy with the results. I love this food product and I'm very picky about who we suggest you use here on the podcast. So if you hear them on the podcast, you know, I endorse them. I use them. I enjoy them. So if you're listening to this, go check them out on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes. You will not regret it. All right, let's get into today's podcast with Rory from Donut Digest. Okay, welcome to the show. We have Rory Balkin on with me today from Donut Digest. If you're familiar with our other podcast, Marketing Club, she's been on that. I think she's been on it once or twice. We talked a lot about Instagram and a little bit of Google My Business, which I haven't touched on a ton, and that's the focus of today's podcast. Rory's going to share some tips and strategies on how you can leverage Google My Business for your business. So, Rory, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. Good to see you again. It is good to see you again as well. So ho hopefully everything's going well with you. Uh, give us a little background, Rory, though, but for people who are listening, like why yes. have you got into, I know you have Donut Digest, why donuts, yeah. bakeries, why, why is that something that you like to talk about? <laughs> good question. So I've always loved desserts and donuts kind of became an inside joke between my husband and I, whenever we would travel, we would just find the local bakery, local donut shop and, you know, test out everything. So I've always had a sweet tooth. Um, moved to Texas back in 2016 for my husband's job. And while I was looking for a job, I thought it would be really fun to create a spreadsheet of all the local donut shops, the gourmet shops in the DFW area and go around and take pictures and, you know, build my photography skills because that's just what normal adults do, right? <laughs> so um, in that process, you know, I kind of went from that that whole era in Instagram where everyone was really getting into food blogging and that was a thing. I thought yeah. that's what I would wanted to do as a hobby. Um, turns out I actually have more of a passion for helping the independent bakery owners with their marketing. That's what I went to school for. 
So I kind of shifted from a donut blogger of sorts to a marketing coach for bakeries. Done some fun stuff along the way. Um, Co-hosted a donut festival in Dallas back in 2019. We were ready to do it again in March of 2020, but we all know what happened then. Right. So um, since then, I've been working one-on-one with a lot of independent bakery owners and actually uh, a pizza shop client as well to help with their marketing. And um, it's it's fun. It's fun to work with them and help grow their business. You know, there's a lot of things to do as a business owner, of course, in, you know, social media hasn't always been something that's been on their list. You know, a lot of business owners were, I'm not going to do social media. I don't have time for that. But now as we move forward and the younger generation of folks grow up in this digital age, leveraging anything you can on the internet to get the word out about your business and how you do it is extremely important. And it's time Mm -hmm. to take it seriously. And something I haven't talked about a lot on this podcast is Google My Business, right? A lot of people ask Mm -hmm. about SEO and blogs and Google and how do you, what should you do with that? So I'm excited to bring you on and kind of discuss a little bit about like, what should people be doing on Google My Business? First of all, Real quick, like describe what Google My Business is because I feel like Google's had an identity crisis over the years and it's it's oh, changed sure. so much over the last <laughs> couple of years. Like what is it today? So, okay, you might know it now as Google Business Profile. Okay. So they used to really push Google My Business, Google My Business, GMB. Um, GBP is kind of the new acronym, but essentially it's a free listing that every business owner is afforded to where you can place all of your information about your restaurant, your hours, what kind of restaurant you are, reviews are housed there, photos. It's kind of like the modern yellow pages on the internet. And, you know, a lot of people are using their smartphones to search for things before they purchase anything, but particularly food. Yeah. So it's more important than ever to manage that profile accordingly, keep it up to date. Uh, there's a saying out there that, you know, your Google business profile is the modern website. It's your modern homepage in the sense that oftentimes it's the first impression that, uh, you make for potential local customers. Yeah. I know, I know that when I Google, especially local businesses, right? Especially brick and mortar style businesses. That's the, the thing that pops up first for me when I Google a specific business is their Google, my business. And oftentimes it's overtaken by third parties or uh, websites that aren't their own because they haven't really invested the time to kind of research and know what to do to fill it out. Yeah. Yep. There's some tips and tricks. We could talk about that with uh, or uh, online ordering. Um, But the interesting thing is that the majority of business owners, restaurant or otherwise haven't even claimed their business profile. Yeah. It's crazy. That's kind of the first step. Are you able Mm -hmm. to, claim it like could i go on there and claim somebody's business profile if it's not my business you can try but what google does is they send a physical postcard to your location yeah with a code so it's a way to verify your identity got it um now sometimes business owners will go in and try and claim their profile and realize someone else has control over it it could be a a past agency it could be a former employee so there are ways to kind of reclaim your listing there, but um, but yeah, essentially you have to have access to a special code in order to get, you know, to be able to manage that profile. Is it connected to your Gmail account? Is that how it works too? You do need a Google account. Um, it can be a Gmail account or otherwise, you can actually create a Google account using, you know, for example, info at donutdigest.com. I right. can create a Google account that way. But most people these days have a Gmail account, so works pretty well for a lot of people. All right, so you go. First thing you should do is kind of search out your your. See, I see. I keep calling it Google My Business. I know, it's a habit. <laughs> I've been calling it that. I think I've been calling it that for the last couple of years, and I don't know what else to call it. It's like ingrained in my brain. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's an odd thing because other than that, other than your profile, it's there's not a good term for it. Yeah. But yes, Google Business Profile. So. Um, the first step is you want to go in and, and claim that profile. And like I said, there's a statistic here, 56% of local businesses have yet to claim their listing. You can literally just Google your name and Google how to claim your Google profile in order to figure out how to get in there. Um, but that's really the first step. And then the second step is you want to ensure 
all of your business information is correct. There's something called NAP, name, address, phone number. Yeah. And that is super important to keep consistent across the internet. Google likes to see consistent information. They like to see accurate information. So you want to make sure that is correct. You also want to make sure um, your hours are accurate. You know, all the basic information. You'd be surprised, especially with COVID, you know, things changing constantly. Yeah. Business is not updating their hours. To me, that is the biggest pet peeve. If I look up, you know, a certain restaurant I want to order from, it says they're open. I go there in person or I, you know, try to call ahead or whatever it might be. They're not there. Yeah. That's the worst. Can you just go in? So, like, I know there's like third party tools, but they're kind of expensive mm -hmm. to go in and kind of edit your menu and your hours so that you can do it all in one place. But I feel like they're not yes. necessarily worth the price sometimes because if you are just one business or one brick and mortar location, it's not that hard to go into like Facebook. It's really just Facebook and Google that have hours, right? Yelp. Yelp yeah, is a Yelp big one for restaurants. One too, but every restaurant hates Yelp. I know, I know. But you know, interestingly, there are some aspects of Yelp I do appreciate more than Google. They have a dedicated app for business owners where you can manage your profile that way and, and respond to reviews directly. Whereas Google, you actually like have to go in on a desktop yeah. and they've changed the way it looks. Um, so I find Yelp can be a little more user-friendly, believe it or not. Although I, I prefer to focus on Google because Google owns the lion's share of, you know, search queries. Yeah. I mean, as a, internet. as a consumer, I go to, I have to say, I do look at Yelp reviews, like when I do see them, you know, it, it does impact the way that I purchase things, but also Google. I think, and I think, yeah. I think I trust Google's reviews more than I trust Yelp's reviews. And maybe it's because of what I do. And I understand how kind of Yelp manipulates the, the reviews that they show, but I definitely mm -hmm. take more um, I, I definitely trust the reviews that I see on Google more than I do on any other platform. I'd say the same. And Facebook reviews kind of used to be a thing, but now they're yeah, not no. focused yeah. on that. Um, a lot of Gen Zers are actually using TikTok to search for things. Now there's not yeah. reviews in the traditional sense, but that's another platform to consider in other ways. So yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's intimidating for business owners to get into SEO and Google business profiles like you're talking about because there's so many things to consider. And I think a lot of times when um, restaurant operators think of marketing, they think of, so in marketing, there's the four Ps, product, price, placement, and promotion. And a lot of people think of that fun part, the promotion part, and specifically they think about social media, yeah. but they don't think about all the other channels in which people can discover your business. Everyone's searching on the internet, so you have to be able to you know, claim your profile on Google and make sure everything is accurate. So that's why the nap, the hours, super important. You can um, edit them directly in Google, but you have to be up to date if you've got holidays coming up, if you've got special hours, maybe you're closed for a private party, something like that. And yes, there are tools. Marquee is one that I like in particular that helps you manage your listing across all different platforms on the internet. Um, but I like to start scrappy. I mean, you don't yeah. need to invest in crazy technology in order to streamline your marketing to start. Yeah, I, I just did a podcast where I kind of talk about, somebody asked me a question about how many times you should post to social media. And I said, there's a, there's a point in your business where you're starting out and you have to do everything yourself because you don't have the mm -hmm. resources, but you have the time. And then there's that overlap period when your business starts to grow that, you still don't really have the resources and you really don't have the time because yeah. you're, you're in that point where you're just about to cross over that bridge to have the resources. Um, mm -hmm. And there's like that period of time where it, it's really hard to stay on track and be consistent because you're so busy with your business and you don't really yeah. have the resources yet to hire somebody to do it. But then once yeah. you get past that point, hiring someone to help you with your marketing and kind of keeping all this organized to me, as long as they're cohesive with your business and you can communicate with them well, it's very much money well spent because consistency is the most important factor, if anything. And when you get too For busy sure. as a business owner, that's the first thing that falls off is being consistent with your marketing. And I'm yeah. sure updating your Google business listing too. Yeah, I mean, social media is probably the first thing to go. Yeah. Email marketing yep. or text message marketing. Um, certainly Google business profiles aren't top of mind for restaurant owners when I first speak to them about this. 
Uh, and not to mention, you know, the in-store and off-premise experience, which right. is still very important because people crave the experiences that we've been missing for the past couple of years with the pandemic. So it's like all these competing channels and you're like, look, I just have to, I got to make my pizza. I have to make the cookies. <laughs> right. I have to hire the staff. So-and-so didn't today. They have to do more with operations first. Um, so marketing kind of gets put on the waste a lot of times, but that is what's going to attract customers and retain them. So I just pulled up, like I just Googled one of the businesses that I have and just to kind of yeah. see the Google my business listing. And it says on there like posts, how important are those posts for yes. businesses? And like, can you kind of explain like what exactly I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. So that is um, definitely one of the things on my checklist, the top 10 things you should do to optimize your business profile. Hold on a second. That's okay. one of them. So let's just go through that list then. It is. Can, yeah. you, okay, give, so we, can, can you go through that list or? Yeah, right. we talked about, we talked about the first two already. We talked about claiming it and making sure your information is accurate. Okay. Um, the next is you have to double check your map pin. And this is something that can be easily overlooked. Um, if you're a restaurant that is located in, say, a shopping complex or, I don't know, a food hall or a building where there are other businesses around, the pin might not be in the exact correct spot. And people who rely on Google Maps for directions, which are a lot of people, may get annoyed when Google is directing them, even though your address is accurate, the pin on the map is not accurate. So they could be directing you to say the opposite side of the shopping center. Um, just little things like that. You wanna make sure that you're optimizing. So there's a way to get in there. And I have a blog post that explains how this all works, but there's a way when you're inside your Google business profile to edit and kind of click and drag the map pin to make okay. sure that's accurate. That would be frustrating. <laughs> and I've, that's happened to me before where you, you, you're so reliant on GPS now when you're driving, you don't even like yes. remember where you're going. You could have been in there a hundred times, you still put it in the GPS and you just follow wherever that dot says the destination yeah. is. And it's funny, I used to use MapQuest when I was in high school, yeah. we would print out directions and if you took a wrong turn, then you're shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that too. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's number three, what's uh, number four? Number four, you've got to, this is really, really important for local search rankings. You have to fill out your category, um, description and attributes as completely as possible. So category, pizza shop, donut shop, bakery, coffee shop, um, whatever most closely represents what you do and what you offer, mark that off as your primary category. You can add additional categories as secondary categories and it will not negatively affect your results. In fact, it will help. Um, in my world, in the donut world, a lot of times they also offer full espresso bars. Um, and you know, in the pizza world, maybe they also have- Salads or sandwiches know. or something like yeah, that. Wings, yeah, wings, you know? Um, so you can add more than one category, but the primary category is extremely important because you want to be relevant to what the searcher is typing into the you know Google search query. Um, description doesn't have as much of an impact per se on on how you rank, um, but it's helpful to the user to know a little bit about your business right. uh, and, and what you offer and maybe why you started the business, although there are character limitations there. And then um, attributes. So Google adds and removes attributes all of the time. So this is some, not something that you wanna set and forget. You have to go back in there and make sure everything's filled out as best you can. Things change. Um, they used to have a lot of COVID, you know, health and sanitation attributes. Recently, those went away. Um, so, so at, do you explain what attributes are for anybody who doesn't know? Yeah. What so, think of it as you know different um, descriptions of your business. So there's things like identifies as women owned. Okay. Um, wheelchair accessible. Different payments that you might accept. Okay, so just um, things that people would- Wi-Fi. Like cash only is one of those things. Like there's not a lot yeah. of those places that are left, but there are some and I've gone to one recently and I didn't know it was cash only and there we go, cash only. And I was yeah. kind of like in a bind there where I didn't know what to do. And that's a good thing about Google business profiles when it comes to setting expectations. Cause oftentimes you're not gonna be able to quickly find that on your Instagram, your TikTok yeah, or no. even your website. 
you know it's all there in a compact way um it, within google yeah. so just fill out everything fill out as much as you can and go back in there and update you know look for the changes because google will just change things on their own and not make a really big announcement about it. How often do you suggest people go in there and take a look at their business and change things if need be? Weekly, at monthly? Le yeah, at least once a week um, because there's something that you should be managing consistently and that is reviews. So we, that is definitely one of the uh, the categories on my checklist. We'll get more into that yeah, in a little bit. But, sure. but yeah, so fill out everything. Just do it all and pop back in there and see if anything's changed. Um, number five on my list is making sure all your links are accurate, your website link, your ordering link. So under this section called business information, you'll be able to edit any type of links, food ordering when it comes to restaurants, that's really important. You wanna have the right link there. Um, unfortunately, third-party delivery sites are able to have a presence on your uh, Google business profile without your approval. So if you're listed on those platforms, and sometimes you're listed on those platforms without permission, yeah. does matter, Google will let them have a place on your profile when it comes to that food ordering section. But um, there is a way to mark off your uh, online ordering site that that is preferred by the business. Okay, and that will move that link to the top. So, if, so as long as you are, so first of all, you should check your listing to make sure if you're not on third parties that they didn't put you on there, um, even if you're not using them. Yes. And if you are, you've kind of okayed by using them, the fact that they can go on to your business listing. Yeah, and from Google's perspective, they want to provide the most relevant and useful information to the user. Of course, if someone is searching for food, they're probably hungry and they right. want to order it. So Google is going to serve up the ways that they can get that food. Yeah. Um, problem is that with the third-party delivery platforms, a lot of times they'll list your restaurant without permission. So you got to work a couple angles to get that removed, but you can complain to Google in that case. No, the problem is business restaurant owners and pizza shop owners took way too friggin' long to get online ordering and gave the leverage yeah. to these third-party platforms they because did. they didn't wait too long. Yeah, the, and don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for third-party delivery sites. They're fantastic at acquiring new customers and kind of marketing for you, but you have to convert them to your yeah. platforms yep. because you need the contact information. Otherwise, you know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, they've got all the control, all the and data. It, and it's hard because I have three, three kids, right? Uh, 20, 19, and 15. They're not going to your website to order. They go to DoorDash. Mm -hmm. They go to Uber Eats. Even though I tell them yeah. not to all the time, that's just how they've grown up. Like those yeah. platforms have been good at marketing to get their attention. And when they want something to eat, they don't say, all right, I want pizza. I'm going to go to the pizza shop website. They go to those websites and they say, what, what do I want to order today? Yeah, they, they typically, most people, Gen Z or otherwise, are not searching by brand name. They're just searching by category. Right. So it's easier to use an aggregator, I get it, but you have to give people an incentive to come over yep. to your first party platform. Which is the same anyway. thing they do on Google though, right? Like they don't, they generally say, hey, pizza, I want a pizza, what's the yeah, best pizza place exactly. there Yeah, most searches are not branded. So unless you are craving a specific restaurant or maybe you're on vacation and someone told you, oh, you have yeah. to try, you know, Pip's Donuts in Portland, then you're just searching for best donuts portland oftentimes you're just searching best donuts and google is smart enough to know where you are so they'll serve up local results right 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 which yeah. is interesting it's and it's helpful it's, it really is helpful though because remember if you think about it 20 years ago you know the internet was around but it was certainly wasn't like it is today it was way harder you had to actually know somebody and like word of mouth was yeah. very important yes yeah, or you had the, the Yellow Pages book, right? <laughs> yeah, but... that's right. Nobody carried that around with them, though, when they went on vacation. No, that's true. A little heavy. Yeah. A little heavy. You'd have to go to, like, the phone booth and, like, see if they had one attached to the cord like they used to <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Wait, what's the name of that? Um... Oh, man. Is it Michelin or someone used to do, um, you know, top restaurants in every city and you could carry it around with you? And Yeah, you know what? I think you, yeah, I remember, I know what you're talking about. There's a ton of those now, but back in the day, yeah, Zagat, it was the top, yeah. Yeah, yeah online. Yeah. I think it was like Zagat. I think it was one of those, uh, like a little book, right? 
Yeah. 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 That's interesting. All right. No what number more, are we on? No. Are we on number six now? Yeah, we're on number six. Um, so add high quality images and videos. Okay. So I this know. is a question I had for you. You can add videos to there? You can. Wow. Yeah. There are some limitations. Um, I think it might be 30 seconds, 60 seconds max. So there are some limitations. You'll just have to get in there and play with it. But um, photos and videos nowadays, like everyone's talking about video, it's really good at setting customer expectation, getting them excited about not just your food, but what your space looks like. So um, Google itself has come out and said, if you have not only more photos, but better quality photos, you get more requests for directions to your business, you get more calls, you get more clicks to order and more clicks to order, go to your website. So bottom line is the more photos and videos and media that you have on your profile, the more engagement you're going to get, it's going to help your rankings and it's going to drive more business for you, bottom and, line. And by quality, you don't mean like putting your pizza with a tomato and a pepper, like it looks fake. You mean like clear, not blurry, able to yep, see good properly. lighting. Yeah. Yes. Which so, you can do with a high quality smartphone. Yeah. Like I said, bootstrapping, start with your iPhone. They create, you know, incredible quality. You've got apps that you can tweak things with, but if you don't have the time for that, then outsource it. I mean, I just got the iPhone 14. Like I'm not a, yeah. I'm, I'm a tech person, but I'm not like the one that needs to get the latest phone. I never do that. Like my phone is generally three or four generations behind the newest one that comes out. It just so happened that my phone broke and I needed a new one. And uh, the company that I'm with had a really good deal. This camera, well, it's, it's upside insane. down. This camera <laughs> on the iPhone 14 yeah. is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I have two DSLR cameras that I use to record this show and it's better than those. Yeah, and it's in your pocket yeah. all the time. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have time to do it because you're you know, running operations for your business, assign someone who's you know front of house who is on and off hours you know yeah. they can film stuff for you they can take pictures hire a college kid an intern you know like your neighbor or an agency i mean i i also think that if you find the right local food blogger yeah that is that is a service that you know they offer so it's just about finding the right person but it's easy to do it with low-tech tools um, but the point is that you have to do it. I do think when it comes to menu photos, you absolutely need to hire a professional. Yeah, menu that's photos different. are a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or anything print. Yes. Um, yeah. So either way, you need high quality photos. Um, videos don't need to be as polished, you know. Um, just setting expectations. Do a tour of your storefront. Um Go over the specials, you know, of the month or of the week, whatever it might be. But just get people excited about actually physically coming to your storefront. I'm excited. I didn't know they, they I didn't know you could add videos. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. Now, sometimes people want to repurpose what they've created for, say, a reel or a TikTok video. And you can as long as um, there's no copyright stuff going on with the yeah. music in there. So you might have to do it without music or just create another video, but don't think too hard about the video part. Just do it, you what know? Is See, for me, when you say that, I thought like, to me, Google is more informational. So in TikTok and Instagram is more entertaining. So is it the same video that you should put? Like for me, it's I think of Google, I think, you know what? I should just tell them like, about my restaurant, why you should choose me, what we have on mm -hmm. the menu, do we have gluten-free options, do we have any specials going on? Like that's kind yeah. of boring stuff for TikTok and Instagram, so I may not put that there unless I can do it in an entertaining way. Um, is that accurate or is it just the same, like people use it at, just like they do Instagram and TikTok? Traditionally, people look at the search engines as informational, Yeah. but it's interesting because Google came out with a report a couple of months ago about how people search and with the younger generations searching more on TikTok and Instagram than Google Maps or Google Search to find something initially, especially restaurants and food. Yeah. And they're threatened by that. And yeah. so they're creating different features within the search engines and they always are testing things, but um, they're focused more on the visual aspects of search. So you're probably gonna see more of a focus on video from Google. You're probably gonna see some more 
rich snippets. It's called our, you know, video callouts. They've talked yeah. about testing how to index uh, TikTok videos and Instagram reels within search engine results. Wow. So it's going to be more interactive. So this is kind of a way to get ahead of that. I mean, if you're if you're maintaining your profile consistently on Google, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. So just play around with different videos, but don't think too much about quality at this point. You know what, now that you say that, I bet you they're gonna start putting, cause YouTube Shorts is a thing that they've been experimenting with. And yeah. they're finally coming up and said that, you know, starting January, YouTube Shorts are gonna be able to be monetized. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you have, if you've created YouTube Shorts, people are gonna be suggested your longer form content. But Google owns YouTube, so I wonder if they're going to be, yeah. when people search, if they'll incorporate like YouTube shorts into that search query. Oh, for sure. And there's also something called Google Web Stories that I need to learn a little bit more about myself. Yeah, I've, never, um, I've never heard of that. It's kind of like a story that you would think of on Instagram yeah. that you can embed it in your website and it could be on any topic, your menu, uh, you know, your local community, causes you believe in, why you started your business. I mean, there's a lot of uses for it. I need to do a little more research myself, but any form of interactive visual content is what Google is migrating towards. So um, minimally photos and not just like set it and forget it, keep adding photos, keep adding videos. So that's why I say, you know, weekly or at least at the very, very, very least once a month, but I personally recommend more like once a week. To well, that's in interesting. There. So now I just, while you're saying that, I just Googled like another pizza restaurant um, that I just had on the podcast recently. And um, first of all, I need to call call them and tell them to update their Google business listing. <laughs> uh, second of all, the fourth thing that pops up is, so it's their website, it's their Yelp, it's mm -hmm. their Instagram, and then it's yep. TikTok. And then it has four or five TikTok videos that uh, pops up as the fourth thing that pops up when you uh, Google their name. Yeah, so you're seeing a visual kind of preview of those videos? Yeah, you're seeing like four, five, was it four, five, five videos. And like yeah. if you hover over them, it gives you like the preview like it does on TikTok. That's interesting. It's super cool. And Google's testing other things like if you hover your camera phone over a product in the grocery store or potentially even a restaurant that they can give you results based on what your the image you're showing them. Oh, so I can Visual go to the search. restaurant, like look at the table next to me, what they ordered and say, excuse me, can I just hover over that to see what the <laughs> reviews are before I order it? <laughs> That's the future. I, I totally think that could happen in the next couple of years. Yeah, so. you're gonna have those glasses. You just look at it, right? Look at that, what they got as a dish. And then the, in the glasses, it'll pop up the reviews it's got. Yeah, Google Glasses never really became a thing, but oh, one of these days we're going to have some kind of contact lenses yeah, where right? you've got the internet in your eyeball and that kind of freaks me out. <laughs> For sure. All right, what number are we on now? Seven? Okay, yeah, seven. Okay, Q&A. This is a really underutilized feature within Google Business Profiles. Okay. So Q&A, can, you can ask as a, as a you know regular person, a potential customer, you can ask a question on any business profile, but the owner can also ask their own questions and they can answer their own questions. So when you've done a search for any type of restaurant, whatever one you're looking at right now, there may or may not be questions there, but usually if there is a question, there's not an answer. The, the business owner doesn't check or maybe another customer is answering that question, but it's not even accurate. So that's something you want to control the narrative for. And think about the frequently asked questions you always get on yeah. social media, like when people DM you or if you do pick up your phone <laughs> in your restaurant. <laughs> like, you know, do you deliver? Do you cater? Do you have gluten-free stuff? Um, what's the parking situation like? A any of those common questions that you can, you know, set the expectations for and provide accurate information you know, ask your own questions. If no one's asking questions, ask and answer your own questions. Those are great questions to ask because those are like, like you said, is it handicap accessible? Do you have a, you know, a, a gluten-free menu? Do you have parking? Parking, especially if you're in a city, mm -hmm. is super important for most places. Those are all questions that I'm sure you get asked on a, uh, on a daily basis multiple times. Those questions that when someone asks you, you're like, oh my God, this question again, that's what you should yes. be writing on there. Exactly, exactly right, yep. Um, so that's number seven. And then number eight, there are two different features that can be utilized um, to showcase your 
what you sell. One is called products and the other is menu. So depending on, I've seen both where, you know, you actually don't always have the menu feature even though you're marked as a restaurant. Um, so you just have to see what your business profile offers. But either way, it's a place for you to visually display what's on your menu, show a picture, a description. It's optional to include a price. Um, I know sometimes business owners don't like to include the price lately because of inflation, you know, things are fluctuating all the time. So um, either way, just getting people, you know, visually tune into what you offer and describing it. Um, so it's kind of like a one-stop shop and they may or may not go to your website for more information. Ultimately, you want them on your website to have them purchase from you. Right. But, um, you know, visual stuff. I think adding so, the price is important. I like to see the price. Like, obviously, if you add the price, you have to make sure you're on top of it and you're going in there yeah. and edit it as it changes. But I think adding the price is a very much important tool that most people don't put on there that they should. Yeah. Yeah, it can be frustrating as a customer if you don't know or worse, if you're expecting a certain price and then right. you go in there. Don't put the changed. price if you're going to set it and forget it. But the reason Amazon wins is because everything's right there and they make it very, very easy for people to order. The price is there. Yeah. You can see the competitor's price. You can compare. You can one-click order. It's They make it very easy. So, And they're a big business that has won. So if you mm -hmm. can emulate them in any way, you should. That's why I do like tools like Marquee because it's one platform yeah. centrally located that you can change your menu, uh, your hours, photos, and it will... Do it everywhere? Yep. Is it expensive? Uh, it's not too terrible. I mean, think about, you have to decide as a business owner what's more valuable to you, time or money. Right. Because if you're not going to take the time to go on Yelp, on you know uh, your Instagram bio, on your website, on Google, to update as things change, and they probably change pretty often these days, then you're creating a negative customer experience and you're not going to get as much repeat business if you're disappointing people. So and not to mention you're just sitting there logging on to, you know, 12 different platforms. So. <laughs> right. That's true. It's going to be what's worth your time, an hour a week or a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, for, exactly. So, um, you know, like I say, start off manually yeah. and then when you realize you're time is more valuable then you then you switch or you, you get too big where you have a little bit of resources and you you like yes you pay for that tool but you have somebody else manage it for you for sure for sure um okay cool so number nine now we're on to keeping your listing active and it's kind of been a theme throughout this whole conversation but google wants to see that you're keeping your profile up to date as things change in your business and that you're still engaged as a business owner, you're not just, you know, checking off some boxes and then forgetting about it. Yeah. Um, so a couple things you can do to keep your listing active. You can create weekly Google posts. Um, you can update your menu seasonally. You can reply, not can, but should reply to every single review and add photos and or videos on a regular basis. So um, just little opportunities to keep things fresh. Now, you are asking about Google Posts earlier. This is something that's definitely underutilized too on Google Business Profiles. It's kind of like a social post in a way, but there's not a way to like or share or anything like that. It's just an update from your business. You can add a photo. Yeah. There's different categories of posts. Um, there's categories like just general update, maybe an event that you're hosting that's upcoming an offer you may have seen, uh, you know, if you, here's a code, you know, cheese 20, you get 20% off our large pizzas if you, you know, present this code that's specific to Google business profiles. So there's a lot you can do with posts. Um, generally speaking, I like to tell the clients I work with to use posts as another channel to share newsworthy information. So if you sold out early, if you're closed for a holiday weekend, put it there too. You never know where someone's going to come across right. that information. It's free. Is that weekly or monthly or how often should you do that? Daily? Not necessarily daily. I think weekly is enough, but you know, minimally once a month. 
Right. Certainly you have something to say about what's going on with your business once a month. And it's pretty easy to do on the desktop. Just search your name, go to your business profile and just add an update. Like you just add a photo and a couple words there. It doesn't have to be super elaborate, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be elaborate. It just, you know, basically what you're doing is you're taking information that you're already sharing across other channels and putting it in the correct format for Google. Um, so you got a social media post that talks about your limited time offer post about it on Google. Yeah. You know, you've got the content and it's, yes, it's something else to do. But uh, like I said, you never know where people are going to discover you online. For sure. So. I like yeah, that one. That's number, and so the final one, number 10, I'm trying to number think 10, of what's left. Drum roll. Any guesses? Um, hold on. Let me just look at the Google business profile real quick. Cause you went over, you went over the hours, the operation, the clicks to your website, updates reviews, huh, I, I, questions you went over. I have uh -huh. no idea, what could it possibly be? This is all about optimizing your website. So not directly within Google Business Profile, but it's related. Because the thing is, Google wants to see that not only are you keeping your business profile up to date, but the information is accurate and it's consistent across the internet. So if what you say on Google Business is different that what's on your home base, your the website, you know, the place that you control. Yeah. Google's gonna be like, eh, I don't know if I trust this business. I mean, they they're telling me one place that they're open until 10 p.m., but here they're open until 7 p.m. What's right? Um, they might not serve up your information to someone who's searching for pizza near me. Right. Um, so it's all about trust signals, and there's a lot of ways that you can do that, and this is where it can get kind of uh, scary or intimidating as a business owner to now cross over into like web development, right? Like, okay, okay, you know, we got a website because of COVID. We didn't have one before. Now you're telling me I have to do all these fancy things. I know it's a lot. Yeah. It, it's a lot. That's why marketing is so nuanced and it's complex and it's, it covers so many aspects of business more than social media. Right. But there's a few things that you can start out doing and, you know, much like anything, do it yourself to begin with, and then hire a web developer or hire an agency when you have the resources to do it. Um, but, you know, keeping your name, address, your phone number, all that information consistent on your website, you got to do that, number one. Um, other things that Google likes to see is that your website is mobile optimized yeah. because most likely you're searching on your phone, not on your desktop when you're hungry. Um there's things that you can do to reduce the load time, meaning you want your website to load quick. And if you have huge, huge images or videos or things aren't optimized on the back end to where it's really slow, someone is going to hit the back arrow immediately and Google notes that. They're like, eh, you know, this website's not giving the person the experience they want. I'm not gonna show it to the next user who's searching for a similar category. Yeah, I, I agree So load time's important. I think yeah, like, this then, may be a hot take, but I think people overdo their websites. Yeah, in some cases, um, it's either like super old and outdated and not mobile friendly, yeah. or it's trying to be too much at once. I, I mean, think the only information you really need, like you said, mobile friendly, easy to read. Most customers go to your website, they wanna know a couple of things. Where you're located, what your hours are, how mm -hmm. to contact you, and if you are like a pizzeria where ordering online is important, like where is that order online button that I can just go to the next step? Yeah, and I would argue catering, um, Definitely, yeah. kind of a related to online ordering, but catering important as well. Um, there's other things you can or cannot add, your story, you know, if you wanna share reviews across the internet, um, Totally cool too, but you want, but really the website you want to be able to capture. Once people do land there, yeah. you want to capture their information. I, I do agree. Like you do want to have your story on there, but how many people actually? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I go back and forth and flip flop on this all the time. Like I want to, I want to, like say you should put your story on there, but how many stories have I read about a business? Very little. <laughs> I I guess you and I would read more of them than the average person, yeah. just because you know we're. I feel like that's old, mm -hmm. older thinking where to, if you do it well, right? If you listen to you and you do your Google business well and you create content for the internet, I kind of know who you are 
before I hit your website. I don't really need to go to your website and read your story about how you, your mom grew up in the old country and liked making marinara sauce. And like, that's like, I don't really care about that. <laughs> that reminds me of food bloggers who, you know, with the recipes are like, I would churn the butter with my grandfather and yeah. like, I don't, I just give me the recipe. Exactly. For the pie, like the recipes th 14 <laughs> paragraphs down. It should be right at the top. That's all I really want to know. Yeah. That's, I'm just going to the print button for the recipe, yeah. but you know, the, the stories are important in the sense that those are the emotional connections you develop with your customers. Sometimes people have blogs on their websites. Yeah. Um, so if you do have content on your website, um, make sure you've got a local focus and, you know, talk about, you could talk about your story. You could talk about what you're doing in the community because that is going to um, create, I mean, not to get too technical here, but links where people are linking to your website and talking about your business because you're sponsoring the local soccer team. Yeah. Because you're giving away pizza for, I don't know, some charity event. Um, you're partnering with the local I don't know, a uh, barbecue spot for a cool topping on your yeah. pizza. Um, so, you know, you want to be whatever you're doing on the community, you want to talk about it on your website, it's going to create more opportunity for people to talk about you across the internet. Google likes to see that too. Um, I definitely then, agree you know, with that. Like that's important, like writing on your, yeah. if you are a good writer, especially if you can write well, or you have somebody on your team that you can write, that can write well, uh, creating content, that people can search or index on Google is important. Like you should be going to like look at keywords, what keywords are search terms that people use for your area and then try to come up with like, all right, how does this keyword relate to my business and how can we yeah. write something on our website? That's that's more important or more crucial to me than my about page. Yeah, and that's kind of the next level when it comes to search engine optimization with keywords, with title tags, alt text, I mean, yeah. I've got some resources on my website that talk about that and you can Google it yourself. What's your website, but by the way? Donutdigest.com. Okay, just Super so people simple. go out there. I'll yeah, donutdigest.com slash blog. You'll see, you'll see all the free resources and posts there. But, you know, do the, do the basic things first, then you can search how to, you know, optimize your header tags, your alt text, yeah, your meta descriptions, things on the back end of your website that help Google understand what you're all about. Um, there's other things you can do too, like, you know, submitting a site map to Google. There's things called rich snippets. There's a Google search console. There's so many tools that Google offers for free. Oftentimes a local agency will manage that for you. So you won't have to think about it. Um, otherwise people don't even know they exist. <laughs> even I know they exist. I still don't understand what they really yeah, it's do. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah there, it's a lot. I mean, you can research what keywords people are interested in and come up with content for it or make sure it's seen across your website. But um, Google, much like Instagram or any other, you know, modern technology, they they don't want to see spam. Yeah. So don't stuff keywords um, in your Google business profile. Don't stuff them on your website. Um, you know, just use the words as they come naturally to your business and don't force it. Don't yeah. buy reviews. Don't yeah. write nasty reviews for competitors. Just be a good human. Yeah. And that's, just, even if you get a negative review, just respond to it in a nice, in a normal, normal, nice way. And if I see, if I go to a website and it's a review website and I see that the owner replies to negative reviews in a civil manner, I think more highly of that restaurant. Yeah. And it's not necessarily to win back that customer. Yeah. There are statistics out there that that there's a chance they'll actually uh, edit their star rating if you reply to them and try to help them out. Um, and you should, you know, just as a good person, as a good business owner, and it's the digital form of hospitality. If someone came up to your counter and said, hey, my pizza was really cold, you wouldn't just stare at them or walk away. <laughs> <Right>. You know, <laughs> you'd be like, I'm so sorry. Or you know, call uh, them a liar. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I always think of Aziz Ansari reading uh, negative Yelp reviews on a talk show interview. I think it was with <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. It's hilarious um, where the, you know, the business owner gets really snarky. And, um, you know, for the most part, I would not recommend that. But, 
you know, you're you're doing it, yes, to help uh, the customer experience for whoever didn't have a, a good time at your restaurant, but you're also doing it to show future customers what kind of a business you are, right. how you treat customers and how you treat issues that come up. Because you're not going to be five-star restaurant forever. Um, you know, you're not... People aren't perfect. Things happen, yeah. but it's all about how you handle it. Um, well, this was interesting. Is, is there a way for someone to go maybe download that checklist that you have? Yes. If you just go to donutdigest.com slash blog, yeah. you will see uh, a post all about Google Business Profiles. You okay. can download this checklist and be able to uh, keep track of your profile. I'll go add that to the show notes for this episode as well. Um, donutdigest.com forward slash blog, you said. You got it. And there's also links on that post for um, free tools, Google business profile related that are helpful and also free resources just to get started with local search engine optimization because it's really complex. It is. But you want to have a basic understanding so that if something is inaccurate on your Google business profile, if you're looking to tweak something on your website, you have a head start or at least you know what questions to ask. So I would recommend every business owner go through like a basic free online training and there's tons of them out there um, on local SEO. You said you have some like some resources on that on your website for people to I go do. check that out? Okay. Yeah. And on Instagram, you are Donut Digest. Are you on TikTok? I am, but you know what? I have to up my TikTok game. I, um, much like everyone else, are getting super frustrated with Instagram. So yeah. <laughs> TikTok is where it's at. All right. So TikTok, you the same thing. Donut Digest, if they are searching on TikTok. Yes. All right. We'll link up all that in the show notes for this episode. Rory, great information. Very helpful. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. You can go check out Rory at DonutDigest.com. We'll link all of the things she mentioned on today's podcast over on our website as well. Just go to smartpizzamarketing.com, either type in Donut Digest or Rory. Her, her podcast will pop up, and everything she mentioned will link up and make sure that it's in the link for this show uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, great episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram at smartpizzamarketing, or you can email me, Bruce, at smartpizzamarketing. Let me know what you thought of this podcast. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, go to our website. There's a tab. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and maybe we can do a podcast with you on this podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.